Welcome to Mercedes in the Chap, a show dedicated to helping humans become extraordinary. Here, we'll hone a well-rounded roadmap for us to step into our potential in all things relationships, purpose, work, and legacy. Who do we have oh coming up? Yes. Who is this person? We have got our sexpert in the house, Sarah Rose. She's one of my favorite humans, and I'm so stoked that we got her on all the way from New York. Um, she is basically just an all-around um, badass. She's going to teach us how to be a black belt in the bedroom today. She's a sex and relationship coach for men specifically. So these belts, I've said before, like, if I was in the dating world, I definitely would only date someone who has gone through Sarah's courses because I feel like then they're bona fide sex stallions. Then they are a man on fire. And now we can we can do business together. Well, well, yeah, well said. And and I, and we had the we had the pleasure of going to have some drinks with her last night uh and it was very it blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> To put it lightly, I watched as your mind was blown. Whoa. So I'm excited to jump into this episode. And I didn't say check, please, although that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> so I'm, I'll, be, I'll, I'll see y'all tomorrow. You, you kind of like slunk down on the table. I'm like not I'll real just... confident, guys. <laughs> you know, I know I'm surrounded by these hotties, but whatever. It's all Let's good. Let's jump into this, though. I cannot uh, wait to share what she's got for us in store. Sarah, it is so Amazing to have you in studio with us. I feel like this has been a long time in the making. You've been on Zoom with me a lot of times, but this is way better seeing your gorgeous self in person. So thank you for being here. It's so funny. I feel like I've known you forever. And like when I saw you in person, it was just like, hi, didn't hi even, bud. Yeah, I didn't even feel like <laughs> it was any different. I know. <laughs> it's kind of the beauty of like being able to virtually get to know people these days. You don't have to even know them in person to make that connection. I love that. And I'm super excited to be talking to you today because you are the sexpert I go to with all of my questions. And you're going to kind of teach us how to be a black belt in the bedroom today or us in our audience. And so the first thing I want to ask you is really to give us kind of the one-on-one on the sexual dysfunctions that you see come up in your men's work because you are a men's sex and relationship coach. And I'm sure you get a lot of interesting uh, things thrown at you through that work. Yeah, I do. But I find actually like while people think that they are so unique, that their struggles, their problems are so different than what anyone else might have, they're really not. Like most people are struggling in one way or another. And it tends to be very similar, the struggles that come up over and over again. So, you know, a lot of guys struggle with premature ejaculation, up to 70% of men. So that's a huge majority, guys. You're not alone if that is a struggle that you're having. And even guys that think like, oh, you know, I'm all right. You know, I can I can go like 10, 15 minutes. That's still not enough to really satisfy her. And they've actually done some studies as well that show that men think that they are lasting longer than they actually are. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So you might think you're lasting a certain amount of time, but you know, you're probably not lasting quite that long and it's still probably not enough to really satisfy her, unfortunately. So that's a big one. Yeah. Erectile dysfunction is another big one. And those numbers are just going up all the time. More and more re- men reporting this struggle. Delayed ejaculation is not talked about nearly as much, but it's a big one. And a lot of guys don't even know what it's that there's a term for this, but they have sex and they can't come. 
and they're just really sexually frustrated. I kind of liken it to how most women have sex, um, but <laughs> <laughs> that ain't true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, how many times does a woman have sex and she ends up with no orgasms? Yeah. So, um, you know, we I definitely can sympathize with that. Uh, porn addiction on the rise constantly, which contributes to all of this. So these are the big ones that I see. Yeah. And I had to back to the erectile dysfunction. Why do you think that's on the rise? Do you think that's just more men are comfortable reporting it or do you think, or not on the rise? Right. Right. Well, yeah. (laughs) Good one. Thanks for that. So I'm trying to be serious. So no, not really. No, but do you think it's just more, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Do you think it's, it's, it's your, um, you think it's something going on in, in the world that, that we're just starting to understand? Or is it maybe people are more comfortable reporting that? Or what do you, you think is going on there? You know, when you see something like this happen, there's not always a really clear answer. So it could be that people are more comfortable reporting it, that there's more awareness around it. Um, but it is also happening at an earlier an earlier age. I think from what what I have seen, when men stop watching porn, it helps their sexual function in all areas, including this. Um, and I so I do think that the rise in porn has of porn use is correlated to this. Um, but I think there's other factors as well. But what a lot of men are reporting as erectile dysfunction may not be um, what doctors in the past would have. Uh, would have said like this is Mm. erectile dysfunction diagnosis it is more of a performance anxiety and a lot of performance anxiety does come from watching porn like there's a lot of unreal expectations that men put on themselves and men put on their partners from watching porn and then they they feel like they can't they can't measure up to that they get in their head about it they can't get it up and then it just spirals downward if it happens once it happens again and again and again. It's like a mental block or something. Exactly. So I help a lot of men that have performance anxiety that isn't necessarily like a medical diagnosis, uh, even though I have helped men with uh, the medical issues as well. Do you have, do you have some practitioners? I mean, and I'm just asking generally that you, you actually refer people to, if you think they, they would benefit from that, from like medical, the medical side, like yeah, so I work with men all around the world, so it's kind of difficult to, you know, refer people, you know, to different doctors yeah. here and there because doctors you typically are going in person. Um, so there is a urologist in New York where I live that I can refer people to, but other than that, it's kind of hard for me to know urologists So it's everywhere. so much, though, about getting these guys out of this head and into this head, right, <laughs> and getting them out of the that anxiety of what's going to happen. Am I enough? Am I going to perform properly and back into the body and feeling the sensations? Is that, is that really what you're directing them to do? Like, what are the practices that bring them back to, um, being able to perform the way that they want to? Yeah. So if you think about it, like we have these physical bodies that we live in, but what do we spend most of our time developing really the intellect, the mental aspect Mm -hmm. of ourselves? Um, then secondary typically comes this physical body. Maybe you work out or try and eat healthy. You think about how it looks or the clothes you put on it, that type of thing. But what about the emotional part of us? Like how many people spend time developing their emotions? Not a lot really. And then there's the energetic aspect of us as well, which most people are just like, 
don't ever even think about their energy body unless they're specifically doing some practices around meditation or yoga. Um, But that's a part of us that's really neglected. But if you think about good sex, the last time you had really amazing sex that was super connected did it have anything to do with your mind, your the mental part of you? Right. No. Right. How much did it even have to do with the physical aspect of you? Very little, right. really. It's like a spiritual practice. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've had sex with guys that could, you know, make me squirt all over the place and I come nine times and I still walk away and it's like, all right, that was fun, but I don't really ever want to see you again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, if I had a connection, if there's an emotional connection, if there's an energetic connection, that's what blows my mind. And that's the kind of sex that I come back for over and over again. Right. And so when wanting to have amazing sex, these parts of you need to be developed. And so most people are coming at sex from really the wrong perspective. And it's causing a lot of struggles because there's so much pressure that they're putting on themselves and it's really unnecessary and so just as a kind of spin-off of that that comes to mind for me is that you have this foundation in tantra and you have this background of really calling up the spirituality of sex which i think for a lot of men is a scary aspect of it like oh i don't want to go into those woo-woo worlds like that doesn't work like obviously we just need penis and vagina sex and then we're gonna just be fine you know and how do you get guys to maybe it's like slow down enough to approach it from a new perspective taking out that word of woo-woo or whatever it is around bringing spirituality into the bedroom and get them to honor themselves and the partner that they're in the bedroom with um without using that language. I feel like I'm always trying to like steer away from that type of language with men, especially because I feel like it's, it's off putting. Is that something you come up uh, against in your work a lot? Yeah, but I mean, it's really just a very practical matter. Do you want good sex or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what you're doing isn't working, guys. Like, are you going to try something else, or are you just going to keep beating your head into the wall? Because that's literally what's happening, you know? And by the time men are, like, 45 years old, and they've just done this for so long, they're in so much pain, and they're, you know, the woman they're with isn't having sex with them anymore, their dick isn't working anymore, they're like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm okay, well, are you ready to finally try something different? Well, yeah. that, and, and how, and I think identification is probably pretty important from the guy self-identifying that there is an issue earlier on. Is there a way that, I mean, if you're a guy and you're with, with your lady, how do you know if you're, if you're debriefing yourself or self-evaluating or whatever, are there some things that they can be thinking about that, and, you know, she seems like she's having fun, and I, I had fun cer- certainly, but, like, are there things they can think about that might say, well, maybe it wasn't great. Like as gr- asking her? Well, no, no, I mean, like, well, that, but that would be easy, but, like. But if, that would be too easy, If right? you're married for a while, then, yeah, of course, I would, I would hope, but, like. No, I mean like... I mean, we want to debrief ourselves. We want to be like, oh, I got to figure this out. And I think that's part of the problem, right, Sarah, is that we want, especially as a man, I think men want to be like, oh... I'm supposed to know how to do this already, and that's part of yeah, why. How do, I, how, do I figure, how do I figure that out? Yeah, without asking, and I think that's how do you do that? Is there a way to do don't. that, or what? What would you suggest there? Like, if you're a guy and you've been in a relationship for a couple months, and 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 you like having sex with this with this girl, what should they be think? Is there something they should be thinking in in a sort of debrief? 
I mean, <laughs> or like, next time or whatever. Yeah. Like, well, guys that come in and work with me, like many times they'll not be in a relationship. I mean, I work with a lot of guys that are already in a relationship as well, but the ones that come in, they're not in a relationship. They start a new relationship while working with me. I get this question all the time, Sarah, when should I start talking to her about this? When should we start doing these practices? I'm like, two months ago, how long have you been dating or two months? Like you should have been doing this already. You know what I mean? Like set the foundation, do this right from the beginning. And it just comes to emotional maturity. Like we all have to grow up when it comes to sex and intimate relationships most closely mimic our relationships from our caregivers, like for the people we are attracted to, the reason we're attracted to them is because they remind us of mom or dad. And most of us grew up in situations where it was not comfortable to talk to mom or dad about these things. And so we bring this into our adult intimate relationships. We just shouldn't like, you know, we've got to grow up and there's just a lot of growing up that has to happen when it comes to sex and there's no getting around it. You just have to do it. Like There's not a magic pill to go through it. Like you just have to do it. <laughs> and and what well what would you I mean because I, I think if you're a guy maybe the classic formula and and this is what I, you know would like you to talk about it is you know you're around your guy friends and 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 I, you know I know my my guy friends we don't ever talk about that we just don't we we don't really we're talking about other other stuff but we're really never talking about that at all it's funny because it's like all women talk about I know that. I know that it's it's interesting and that's why like do you have because oftentimes you know you can get bad advice from your guy friends obviously right. so it's like and I fear like that's probably some of the problem here and maybe if you look at a guy friend like you're watching porn you're getting bad advice and so I'm guessing and so what what are there something a guy can do you know that's watching this right now that's like that might be me I don't know what can they is there something they can do other than just pick up the phone and call you like today <laughs> is there something they can do you know either before they do that or maybe let's start thinking this way or trying trying this yeah there are a lot of great books that you can read that can kind of help start steering you in the right direction so educating yourself on mature sexuality is a good way to start uh there's plenty of you know good blogs and things on Instagram that you can check out as well that are going to help with the sexual maturity, but really even just having this mindset of, I need to grow up around my sexuality, you know, like I'm, I'm not this, I don't want to have sex like a teenage boy anymore. Exactly. Like it's time to have sex like a man and a man is mature, right? They're, you're mature in all the different aspects of your life. And that's what women really crave. They want to feel that masculinity, that real strong masculinity. And it comes from growing up. Um, I think that's one of the, the biggest issues in society, and it's men and women. Like, there's just not a lot of focus on personal development and emotional development. And as soon as we all do that, we're going to be in a much better place in society rather than people reacting from their inner child all the time. And so, I think one of the things that men hear the word self help, <sighs> and they're like, no, boring, I don't need that, or I don't know what the, what the thing is. But how do you know obviously like you're saying well if you want to have good sex you're going to have to help yourself here you know you're going to have to figure it out is there a practical practice that you teach that allows for maybe we can start with like 
lasting longer in bed, maybe something around edging, something like that, that I'm sure is new to our audience in a lot of ways. Yeah, so you got to have a strong PC muscle if you want to have good sex. After the age of 25, the PC muscle starts to weaken, um, and that contributes to premature ejaculation. Some guys that don't have PE younger, when they're younger, they'll actually develop it like in their 30s if they haven't been actively working this muscle. What's so, PE? Um, premature ejaculation. Oh, okay. Yeah, so one a way you can... F- Find that muscle to make sure that you're strengthening the right muscle is whenever you are um, peeing, just stop the flow of urine. And if you do that, I have one of one of my clients. He's his thing is when he every time he pees, he stops the flow of urine ten times. And he's in his mid forties, and he came to work with me with premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction issues, and he's cured all of that. And so one, but this is like his way of going about it. Like every time he pees, stop the flow of urine ten times. Um, and he laughs. He's like, if I'm at a urinal, he thinks you know some <laughs> next time is gonna be like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you, you know? But he doesn't care because he's having epic sex. Yeah. Like he can fuck his fiance's brains out. Um, so, you know, that's one thing. Um, and you got to be doing that. It's like any other muscle. If you're not going to the gym, working out your abs, your abs are going to look like shit. So it's just something you got to do. Uh, edging is also important, like edge for 20 minutes while masturbating several times a week. So basically get yourself turned on to like out of, uh, if, if a level 10 is you're ejaculating, get yourself turned on to like a seven and then go back down to a five and then go up to an eight and then back down to a six and then go up to a nine, mm-hmm. go back down to a five, like play with it, go up and down, up and down, up and down do it for 20 minutes. Don't just go straight for that orgasm in the first couple of minutes. Um, And what this does is it's going to help you last longer, but it really gets you having to focus on your body and what is happening moment to moment with your turn on. Like you have to be lasered in as you're going to know, okay, this is my point of not no return. For some guys, they can get to this like 9.999 and they're fine. Other guys can't go over a seven. Like they can't go past a seven or and they're going with. to ejaculate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got to know this about yourself and you're not going to know it unless you play around. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, um, sure. And then, and what about, what about this? Like if, and I don't, as, as a, as let's say guy and a female, what, how important is it? I mean, I have, I have my own personal thoughts of this, but I'm, I'm asking you because you're our guest, but how important do you feel it is, or, or does the subject ever just come up of, are you attracted to this person? Like, and if so, what makes them attractive or sexually attractive to you? Because clearly there was some originally or was some, something about her, you know, that, that was attractive to you, maybe her mind or, or You mean to or cure a dysfunction? No, 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 I don't mean like that. I just mean more, well, to help maybe, because I guess what I'm saying is if like, you know, you're you just are like, you know, she just doesn't do it for me visually. Like I don't, cause we are, we are visual animals. So I'm wondering, it does that even matter? I mean, it might not, I'm not saying it does. I, I have no idea. Does that, is that fall into any of the discussion there? Yeah. I mean, definitely we, there's just that primal physical attraction that we have for people. Uh, it's, and it, it does, there's, there's a lot that goes into our attraction. So some of it is, biologicals, you know, things that we have evolved with um, that 
that make us attracted to certain people and not attracted to other people. Other it, other is what was nurtured into us as children that also creates attraction. So it's not one or the other, it's both. And of course, as people um, mature, they get older, they change. Um, the, the nurture part of it specifically will change more than the biological aspect of it. Um, so, you know, it can... But if you have chemistry with somebody, like if you've ever had it, you can get it back. I see a lot of couples that come in and they're just like, I don't feel attracted to my partner anymore. What do I do? And when you start to get rid of the baggage that has piled up over time, come between the two of you, you can come back to that state of intimacy and attraction. Okay. So. And that's a really, this is, I think this is interesting because as far as let's say a married couple you've been married 10 years or, or 15 years and you have a, you have a couple children or a child, they're annoying, whatever. How, how important is it to go back and do those fun date nights where she gets all dressed up and you, you actually brush your teeth that morning? How, how important are those? I mean, I feel very important, but how important are those? I mean, like, I, I feel like I know, I know a, a, a decent bit of people that they're like, what, what are you talking about? You know, we, we've got to, we're too busy driving the kids to soccer practice. Like what, do you have any thoughts on that? Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh yeah. I mean, and it's what, what kind of example do you want to give to your children? You know, so many people think they're doing their kids the biggest uh, service in the world by taking them here, taking them there, you know, all the stuff that they do for their kids um, and neglecting the relationship, but you're not like your relationship is the most important gift that you can give to your children. The example of two parents that are healthy, that love each other. And so I, that's more important than fucking soccer practice, right? Like, and when guys come to me and they're like, oh, well, I can't do this because my kids have this, my kids have that. I'm like, you're just making excuses. And that's what people do. They just get lazy. They make excuses. And what you just choose. Like, we choose in life what our priority is. And most people, after that limerence period wears off, the romantic love period of, like, 18, it can only last, biologically, it can only last for 18 months or else we would go crazy. The honeymoon phase. Yeah, because of the amount of serotonin and dopamine and adrenaline that's going through the brain during that period, it cannot last longer than that. And, but people don't understand their biology, and so they start to freak out. They think, oh, we're not in love anymore. It died. Um, and they just kind of give up. Instead of what I do is I provide a way for people to hack their biology. Like, okay, if you understand your biology, and, and biology is not in our favor when it comes to long-term monogamous relationships. We have to be proactive about it. And so, yeah, you, you know, go on date nights. Take weekends away together. Go on a trip together get a babysitter. I mean, if you can, and people are like, oh, I can't afford a babysitter. You can't afford dinner. Like, yes. Okay. Well, you're going to be affording a divorce before yeah. you know it. Yeah. Definitely. That's not cheap. You know, you're going to be affording right. chi child support payments before you know it. Like just get your shit together, get your priorities straight. Yeah. And as a guy, as a guy, you know, cause I think a lot of these viewers, viewers are, are males. What can I do? I'm a, you know, 42 year old married guy. We've been married, you know, 12 years. Is this like, hey, honey, we're doing date night? I mean, is this like just take, like, what are your suggestions to, to like, from a practical standpoint mm -hmm. in that scenario? Well, you know, I, you haven't seen her made up in eight years. You know, like, how do you 
you know, take kind of take that take charge and create yeah. the spark. Yeah, yeah as the put man it on the calendar. If you need to be the one to find a babysitter, find a babysitter. Uh, if you need to move so you can be closer to her mother, so mother can watch the kids, fucking do it. Like, how important is your relationship right. to you? You have to make choices. You have to prioritize this in your life, or it will die, and you'll have nothing left except regret. Speaking of priorities, what do guys need to know? What should they know about pleasuring a woman that they probably don't know? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) We evil laugh. Why did we just evil cackle together with it? What just happened? Was this a witch synergy just happened right here? I heard it in my... Okay, go I remember I was dating a guy and I was like, we're going to have a threesome with a woman and I am going to go down on her and I'm going to show you what you should exactly be exactly how I want you to do this to me. <laughs> nice. Boy. He's like, okay. <laughs> Sold. Did it work? Did it work? It worked. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's, I mean, that's the start of it is like asking what you want. And then the woman, of course, being able to show too, but you have, I know specific things that you could probably pull up as far as what men should know about the types of orgasms a woman could have, or, you know, things that guys don't, they don't think about it. If they haven't seen it in porn or one of their buddies didn't mention it along the way, they probably don't know about it. Yeah, so women can have a lot of different types of orgasms in many different parts of their bodies. So um, the orgasm gap between men and women is really huge. 65% of women in heterosexual relationships say that they orgasm during sex compared to 99% of men. So a lot of women are not even having orgasms at all. Um, And even those that are, I would venture to say they're not having like really amazing orgasms, like they're not reaching their capacity for orgasm. So it's important, guys, that you you master this. Um, She can orgasm, of course, in her clitoris, and you've got to know how to find the clitoris uh, (laughs) and stay on it. One of the biggest things that men do, like, and most women will know this, like, Women won't even tell you that they're coming until like they're way past it. Because if they tell you, you're you going to stop, you're going to stop <laughs> or you're going to change, change what you're thing. doing or it's the weirdest thing ever. It's like, what the hell? No, just stay the course. Whatever you're doing, if she's, <laughs> if it's good, just keep doing it. Don't stop. Um, I really think that is one of the biggest things that men need to learn is how to have consistency with their rhythm, whatever you're doing, do it 10 times longer than you think you need to do it. And just don't get too excited. Stay patient. Don't think about your dick. Just be focused on her pleasure. I guarantee what? your dick is going to get its. Okay. So when I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger, my buddy was like, you, you he'd tell everybody, you got to think about baseball. Just be thinking about baseball. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So is that like, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but that's kind of what you're saying in a way. Well, the edging practice that she described earlier, I think is really a miracle. I mean, like I know the best sex I've ever had is with a guy who knows how to edge and has no, literally no um, desire for, well, I shouldn't say desire because he definitely has a desire to have an orgasm, but as knows he's not going to orgasm during this sex 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 session so now it takes all the pressure off of me to worry about his orgasm because we've that's 
he's edging. So I know that he's working this energy in his body. He understands Tantra and he understands like what sexual energy is like in his body and how to hone it. Cause you can use it for a lot of other cool things. Um, and then in, in bed and in practice and in lovemaking, it's like, I don't have to even think about whatever he's, you know, going through cause he's enjoying himself and he's not trying to rush to the finish line or rush me to the finish line. So now it's really about me. And I think that's a huge weight off of my shoulders as a woman. Um, and we've talked about this before, Sarah, because I think I learned this practice probably from you. Um, and then, you know, I was like, you need to read this book. You need to just try this out. And it works. I mean, it works like magic. And not only for me in the bedroom, but for him, because now he's got this energy going through his body all the time. And he'll orgasm, you know, depending on the age of the guy, he's orgasming maybe once a week or every two weeks or whatever it is. But he is doing better work in his work. Like he's making relationship connections in his life because this energy is storing up instead of being dispersed constantly that I don't think any man on this planet, maybe 1% that listen to your show, <laughs> know about. They're not accessing this stuff. And it's like true magic. It is. And, I mean, of course, there's there's times to have other types of sex as well like you know there's times when maybe the guy is just so incredibly stressed out he's had such uh, a week at work and like you know as as his partner like as a woman you can take that from him in sex you know what I mean like you can just be like give that to me I will transmute it like just fuck me you know and like there's a time and a place for that too like but if that's the only type of sex that you're ever happen, having and it's not reciprocal, mm-hmm. it gets really old from yeah. the female's perspective. And the guys are like, why does she not want to have sex with me anymore? Well, because it just doesn't feel good. Like, why would she want that? Well, then that? you're kind of like a caregiver or something at that point in yeah. a weird way. What? So I guess that, that that's a good uh, – uh, uh, the question I had is, I mean, I guess where it's more of a, a, a confirmation is you first have to care if you're the guy. You first have to care – that you're going to give this woman what she's wanting. And so you have to want to do that first in order to even adventure into this world. Right. Well, I think that comes down to like it being a healthy relationship or not. Well, right. Right. Well, I guess that's my point is like you you wanted the the whole beginning of, because this show is kind of like building some of these blocks together, but you, I guess you you just want to make sure you're in the relationship to begin with and it's a good relationship. Right. Right. And I mean, I think most of the men that are, are listening to this. I know the men that work with me, they're, they are the, the men that do care, you know, and, right. and those, that's who I focus on. Like if a guy doesn't give a fuck about a woman's pleasure, like just get out of my world. Yeah. <laughs> He's not right. listening to this show right now. Yeah. So what, what are, what are some of the, you know, one of the subjects that Mercedes and I talked about asking you about was porn addiction. Like, is that, how do you, how do you deal with, with that? And what do you see? Let me ask, how often do you see it? And, and how do you deal with it? Or do you deal with it? Yeah, it's very common. Uh, I actually prefer to call it, people understand porn addiction, that word. And so, um, you know, it's something that can be used. But I look at it more of a porn dependency. So it's porn doesn't react with our brain in the same way like alcohol or drugs do where, you know, you, you actually develop an addiction to it. Uh, so, and there's, there's disagreements and the, uh, the, the world of sex psychology, you know, in terms of sex addiction, porn addiction, that type of thing. 
I look at it as porn dependence. Like it's something that we become habituated to. Uh, if you're watching porn and you're used to this external stimulation all the time, then that becomes necessary for you to be able to have orgasms, to get an erection. Uh, and the, the more it can come to this place where you need more and more intensity in the porn that you watch also like you know what you watched before isn't doing it for you anymore and there's so much happening in porn and it's perfect right and you're like okay this is boring I'm going to fast forward to this part Mm -hmm. or I'm going to move to a different uh, a different video instead and you go here and you go there and there's just so much happening like real sex doesn't work the same way but if you're training your brain to respond sexually to porn then that's what you're going to need um, and then uh, there's also the chronic masturbation that happens with porn it's just like this habitual get off in the same way all the time um, a lot of men are using what I would refer to as the death grip like really gripping their penis really hard when they're getting off to porn Um, A woman's vagina is not going to feel the same way as your hand is if you're like really intense and really hard, okay? And so it's going to make it more difficult to have orgasms. This is why a lot of guys are having delayed ejaculation. They can't orgasm during sex because of the way they've trained their brain and their body with porn and masturbation. So I don't have the a uh, cold turkey approach to getting off of porn like is very popular. It's a six month process that I offer along with my coaching that guides them through the steps of gradually stopping their dependence on porn by cutting down how they watch it, uh, when they watch it, but also by building up sensation in their body again so that way they can it's a two-pronged approach it's not like okay well I stopped porn stopped watching porn and now I have nothing to replace it you're it's literally filling that gap of like okay I am starting to feel my body and when we're so we're in a society that focuses again so much on this mental aspect of ourselves we lose touch with what we're actually feeling moment to moment and that's where I train men is that like okay I can feel the sensations and then it gets to a point where it's so much better the men that I work with, none of them are ever interested in porn at all because they're like, it. it's like eating fast food. It doesn't fulfill me at all. Like what I have now is so much better. Well, and porn doesn't care about you. I mean, they're making money. That's their job. <laughs> right. But I mean, even if they're not with a woman and they're just like masturbating, self-pleasuring on their own, they still don't want to watch porn because it's so much better. Oh. Getting in touch with those feelings is what it's all about. So... Um, that is almost all the time we have today. Yes. Um, we, I, I wanted to, to where we, we can, too many more things we, to I talk know. to you about. We're definitely having right. on the show. Yeah, that's the, course, um, Instagram is at tantric activation. So T A N T R I C A C T I V A T I O N. Right. Got it. Yeah. yeah I, I, in I, the I show notes, today, they can click on it. <laughs> I know. But um, Mercedes, any uh, any other parting words? I on just want to say thank you, Sarah, for doing the work you're doing, and it's really brazen work. And I really do, you know, mutually, I use the the term in a in a positive way, but I call you a witch because I think we need to 
normalize that term again, um, in a positive way, because you are really spinning some magic here. And for I'm sure a lot of your career, you've been burned at the stake for it as a woman, a beautiful woman in this world, speaking to men and that whole, you know, conversation about objectification. I know you and I know you are feeling subjectively sexy in your body and what other people want to do with that objectify you or not is really their side of the street it's none of your fucking business right right and so I absolutely love the work that you're doing the energy you're putting into it and that you are just in your queendom and I see it I see you I'm so proud to have you on the show and just proud to know you so thank you for being here Thank you. And right back at you with all of that. <laughs> thank you. And thank you guys for being here with us. And if you want to connect with our community, you can subscribe, comment through the links below. You can find Sarah at all those links as well. Um, we'll put all of her information down there. And you guys know we do a show every week. So catch us again next week. Bye for now. <laughs>